so he's uh, and then he's uh, now he's made Columbus as one of his three major stops in the last <laughs> in the last three weeks. But uh, we're very happy that G Gary has agreed to be our interim pastor. It thrills me to death uh, to to introduce him to you as our interim pastor. Uh, been knowing him a long time, personal friend, uh, family friend, and uh, Gary, we're so pleased that you're here. Uh, I told him that we would, we had a lot of people out, and uh, and that, uh, uh, you know, the, the crowd may be small. He said, we better get used to that. <laughs> so I know that uh, he's a jokester, for sure, but Gary, thank you so much. We're glad to have you. Has anybody read John Grisham's latest book? Came out uh, May the 31st, so I guess a couple of Tuesdays ago. Now, this one is autographed. My brother has every single one of John Grisham's books autographed. And so he makes me order and pay for them at Reed's. <laughs> and then I go pick them up for him. Alan and his family live down in Florida. And so I pick this book up, and before I deliver them... To Alan, I always read them. And this one, does, has anyone read any of his books? Okay. And not some of you are illiterate, but not everybody. Um, they're really good. And this latest one also is very good. I took it to a camp where I was speaking in Tennessee. And while the kids were in small groups and, and other things that didn't involve me, I would go back to the room and start reading. And do you know, it didn't take me but just a few days and I was finished with it because I was excited about what was coming next. I, I didn't read through and say, man, this is really good. Oh, what's, I don't think I'm going to read anymore. Once I got started and saw that hey, this book is good, I wanted to continue reading it to see what was coming next. Has anyone seen the new Top Gun Maverick? Have you, no one? I haven't either. I spend all my spare time praying and fasting, so I don't have time for worldly entertainment. But that has been a big talk in the two youth camps that I have spoken at so far. That's what people are talking about. They went to the movie theater. They remembered seeing Top Gun the first time, or maybe they didn't go. Maybe they were too young to have seen it the first time, so they rented it or watched it. And then they went to the movie theater to, to see the newest version of Top Gun. I've not yet had one person say, man, it was so good that halfway through I got up and walked out. When, it, when something is good, you want to continue being a part of it. You, when you start something, you want to finish. That's just part of our nature. When we start something, we want to keep going, and, and that's what we do. Has anyone ever made a New Year's resolution to lose weight or to keep the house cleaner and not done it? I won't ask that. I won't ask that. But most of us, when we start on something, if, if what we start is meaningful and is important, we want to continue. Well, I think it's important for us to think about that idea from a spiritual perspective today. And so I want us to think about personally 
the different transition periods that we go through and how we, how we are moving forward. And then I want specifically to talk about how Bersheba is in a transition period and is looking a tor- toward new days ahead. For the biblical passage that I want us to see together today, would you open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1? Now, Joshua is an Old Testament book, and we don't turn there very often. So if you need to look in the table of contents to find it, that's all right. Don't be embarrassed by that. I see that many of you have the Bible memorized and don't need to bring it. But for the less godly people who actually need to look in the Bible to know what it says, we're going to read together from the sixth book of the Old Testament. Let me give you some background before we get there. The main human characters in the Old Testament are the Israelites, the children of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Scripture tells us that for more than four centuries, 430 years to be exact, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. God, after a long period of the, of the Israelites crying out, God, come rescue us. God, come save us. You made promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and here we are uh, trapped as slaves. God, come save us. Come rescue us. God heard their prayers and sent a man named Moses into Egypt. And he confronted Pharaoh with this sentence. God said, let my people go. And Pharaoh refused. In fact, he continued to refuse so that God could demonstrate his power. Through a series of ten dramatic plagues, God proved his supremacy over all of the false Egyptian idols and pagan gods that they worshipped. And then the children of Israel began marching toward the promised land. Because of their lack of faith... That's a different sermon for a different day because of their lack of faith. Instead of getting into the promised land in about two to three weeks, which is really all the journey required, the children of Israel wandered for 40 years in the wilderness until everyone who was old enough to know better died. And then God led them back to the edge of the Jordan River, and they stood there on the banks of the Jordan River, where now Joshua had taken over for Moses as their leader. And so in the opening verses of this book, in chapter 1, the Bible, chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land that I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses, your territory, just as I promised Moses, your territory will be from the river and Lebanon, well, I'm sorry, will be from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites and west to the Mediterranean, so you're going all the way to the coast. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. 
Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get provisions ready for yourselves, for within three days you will be crossing the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you to inherit. You can imagine how excited these Israelites were. They had been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and now were right on the verge of entering the land of milk and honey. The land that God had promised to Abraham, this land belongs to you and your descendants forever. You can, you can almost feel their hearts racing, their, their bodies trembling with excitement because they were looking ahead to living in the land that God had promised them. And so I would think that at various transition points in our lives, we also are looking ahead. We're excited about what is going to come. I know that you're excited about getting a pastor after you hear me preach a few times. You'll really be excited about getting a new pastor. You'll want the committee to speed up. There are at various transition points, we, we are anxious to look ahead to what is coming next. And certainly the children of Israel were eagerly looking ahead to what is next. But this passage also gave them three other directions to look. And so I want us to spend some time today talking about where should we look while we're looking ahead. And so first, I think it's important for us to look back. You see in this passage that God, as he spoke to Joshua several different times, mentioned the name of Moses. He said, I am the same God today that I was when Moses was leading the children of Israel. And as they looked forward to where they were going, God encouraged the children of Israel to look back to see how far they had come. As we go through various stages along the way in our own personal spiritual development, when we start thinking about the growth that God is accomplishing in our lives, I think it's healthy for us from time to time to remember where we were. There, there may be people who really have struggled with a bad temper and you, you want to overcome it and you want to be more careful about your words. You want to show more restraint and not lash out at people and you may kind of evaluate, well, here's why, where I am at that. But then when we look back and say, look how far I have come, that's an encouragement to us to see how far we have come. Now, now media has captured this idea. If you ever are awake Early in the morning, hardly anything is on but infomercials. And a lot of those infomercials are about appearances and improving appearances. For example, if you would like to lose weight, there are all types of 30-minute and hour-long infomercials about exercise equipment. There are little balls that you can sit on and rotate around. There are pieces of exercise equipment that, that you can put together and, and exercise in your home. There are some that you can uh, hang on the wall. There, there are bikes that you can ride. There's even a little belt that you can attach to yourself and flip the switch and the electrodes. Just shock the weight right off of you as you're sitting there on the couch and eating your Lay's potato chips. It's a, a miracle. And then there are types of infomercials for cosmetic procedures where people tighten up their skin or there are little makeup things that they use that tighten up their skin. In every one of those infomercials, they don't just show the finished product. They show the before and after pictures. 
Because even if the finished product is impressive, you, you don't really get a sense of how effective the exercise equipment or the makeup or the, the diets or whatever were until you see where people were before. And so whenever we're looking forward, when, forward whenever we're looking ahead, we also su- should spend some time looking back to say, here's what God already has done. Here, here, is, here are ways that God already has worked. Here are some things that God already has accomplished. I don't know what lies ahead in, in Bersheba's future. I, I don't know what, what missions or, or projects that God is going to lead us to work together on. But we could p- press pause on the message right now and just ask various people in the crowd... To stand up and say, here's something that God did in us. Here's a way that God worked. This was something that we were really anxious about, and God came through for us. And by looking back to see all that God already has done, we gain confidence as we look ahead to expect that God is going to continue to work in the same faithful ways that He always has worked. Once we see how far we already have come, We have faith about finishing the rest of the journey. And so here the Bible tells us that as God was speaking to Joshua, he continued to bring up the name of Moses to say, Joshua, just as I was with Moses, I also am going to be with you there in the very, uh, in verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead, but you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land that I'm giving you. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. And then there in verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. Looking back and seeing all that God already has done gives us confidence as we look to the future to what God is going to do. And so we can spend time looking back. But then also, God told Moses, I also want you to look up. I don't want you just to look back. Sometimes churches and individuals can be guilty of that, always looking back. Oh, I long for this. I, I enjoyed it more this way, and I don't really want anything that is new. We, we do need to look back, but we also need to look up. One of the lessons that Joshua learned was that if he was going to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, God would have to help him. Joshua didn't have the strength to do what God wanted him to do on his own. And so God affirmed to him, I was with Moses. Do you, do you know how Moses got through all of this griping and complaining? I was with him. Do you know how Moses had the perseverance to keep going when it looked like you would never reach the promised land? I was with him. And so Joshua, in the same way that I was with Moses, that I enabled him to be able to do all that he needed to do, I am going to help you do all that you need to do. We make a mistake when we believe 
individually or together as a church, well, all we really have to do is put the key in the machine and turn it, and we just start checking off the, the items on the list. We, we start marking off the boxes, and then before you know it, we're going to accomplish God's purposes. No individual, no church ever is able to do what, what God intends for them to do without God's help. We rely on him. We cast ourselves upon him and say, God, if we're going to do what you want us to do. Now, we can carry out our own agendas. We can carry out our own plans. We can come up with some ideas and say, let's do that. And we can do all of those things in our own strength. But if we are going to be a church that does what God intends for us to do, if we're going to be individuals that do what God intends for us to do, we have to have his help. His power, His direction, His wisdom, His resources. Only God is able to help us do what God intends for us to do. About three summers ago, I was speaking at a church in, in southwest Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana, First Baptist Church. Their pastor at that time was named Perry Sanders. He, was, he had served that church as pastor for over 40 years and had become so prominent in that community that they called him the Pope of South Louisiana, even though he was Baptist. In fact, he, he was trying to lead the church to relocate. He, he thought that they were kind of landlocked where they were, and he, he wanted to buy some, some property and, and build a sanctuary. And some of the older people in the church didn't, didn't really want to do that. They liked where they were. And then mysteriously, uh, one evening, uh, their sanctuary burned to the ground. I'm convinced Brother Perry had been in South Louisiana with Mafia so long that he found somebody and gave him $500 to burn it down. But anyway, I was speaking at this youth event that they had during the morning. They had vacation Bible school. And then that Monday to Friday evening, they had a, a youth, uh, kind of a youth vacation Bible school. Well, on the Friday night that everything was finishing up, the moms and dads were invited to, to participate in the vacation Bible school to, to see the little musical that the kids had practiced on. And then we went into the gym area where the, the children showed their moms and dads the crafts that they had made and met their teachers and things like that. And there was a little carnival that was going on. And so the, the children were participating in various games where the youth were helping. You would, you know, try to throw some rings on a little hook and various activities where you could win prizes. This one little boy who happened to be near me, uh, I was standing near the, the food area. And so this one little boy came up to where he was, to where we were, and he had a little helium balloon in his hand. And there on the counter uh, were cups of lemonade and bags of popcorn. And when the little boy reached out to grab his popcorn and lemonade, he didn't think about the helium balloon. And it escaped through his hand, and it went up to the ceiling. He looked up to the ceiling and got a, got a little bit antsy. And then when he realized his balloon was gone... He went to his dad almost in tears and said, Daddy, I can't get my balloon, or I lost my balloon. And his dad was in conversation, and he said, Well, son, just reach up there and get it. 
Now, the balloon was five or six feet way above where the, I mean, the string was five or six feet way above where the little child could reach. And so he, you know, tried to jump a little bit, but he couldn't get it. And he said, Dad, Daddy, I, I, I want my balloon. He said, Son, just reach up there and get it. And so the, the boy tried again. And the third and fourth time, the dad just kept saying to him, just reach up there. And I, and I thought, I, I need to call social services on this man. If this is how this dad is here, how is he at home? And the boy said, Daddy, I want my balloon. He, and the dad again said, reach up there and get it. And the boy said, I can't do it. And at that moment, the dad reached down, grabbed him right here on the waist, shot him up into the air way up where he, the, the balloon string was in reach. And he grabbed it and he pulled it down. The son could get the balloon but only with his father's help. Any one of us is able to be a person who impacts the kingdom of God. Any one of us is able to have from our inmost beings flow out rivers of living water that refresh the people who are in our lives. Our church can impact this community in ways never seen before, but only with our father's help. Even the best of us with our talents, skills, resources, abilities, connections, networks, falls woefully short of fulfilling God's purposes for our lives unless we ask God to help us. And so God continued to affirm to Joshua here, Joshua, you're, you are not going to have to do this alone. You can't do this alone. If you are going to lead my people to cross this river and go into the promised land, I'll have to be with you the same way that I was with Moses. And so we need to look back. We need to look up. But then also we need to look around. Look at how the story finishes up, or at least this passage, this part of it finishes up in verses 10 and 11. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get provisions ready for yourselves, for within three days you will be crossing the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land that, you, that the Lord your God is giving you to inherit. So Joshua at this point has received this affirmation from God. He knows what is about to come. He is excited to go into the promised land to see the land of milk and honey. But then he commands all the officers. He said, you go tell everybody who's under your care to gather their provisions, to get them ready. Because not just a few of us are going into the promised land. All of us are going. Not just a few, not just the most committed. We're all going into the promised land. And so Joshua told the people, we need to look around. We need to make sure that nobody falls through the cracks, that no one is left behind, that no stragglers get left out of what God is going to do for us. Everybody is going. During transition periods in churches, it's very important for us to look around. Now, I don't know Bershaba's history well enough to know. I don't know the membership well enough to know. But I would be willing to bet that with the double combination of not having a pastor and being in the summer, there is the possibility that some people who were more faithful 
become less faithful. That one missed Sunday leads to two, and two leads to three, and they didn't really intend to begin that way, but, but one thing led to another, and before you know it, you look around and say, I haven't seen, I haven't seen them in months. That's why Joshua told the people we need to look around. Because all of us are going. Not just some of us. Not just most of us. We're all going forward. And so for us as a church, we constantly need to be looking around to say we're all going forward in what God's going to do here. Not just some of us. Not just most of us. Not just the most committed. Not just the most faithful. God is going to do something here and all of us are going to be a part of it. And so when you slip into Sunday school, you look around the room and say, now who's not here today? When you start reflecting over, over the past couple of weeks, maybe since April, who are some people who maybe have dropped down a little bit in their participation? Let's, let's make sure to, to stay with them, to tell them to stay with us. We're all going ahead into what God wants us to do. Looking forward during transition periods always is exciting. I always begin the new year excited about what God might do. I, at, at various transition points at the beginning of this, I'm excited, I'm confident that we're going to see God do some really big, meaningful things in individual lives and, and in our church life together as a church. And, and I want us to look forward, but we also need to be sure to look in the other directions to make sure that the best of our looking forward accomplishes what God wants. Now, Philip's going to lead us in a closing song of commitment today. And perhaps there are ways that God has spoken in your life. In just a moment, when we stand together and sing, I'm going to be standing here at the front. I'll be glad to talk with any person about any issues that you may be facing. But let me suggest some specific ways that you might want to respond to the message today. First, maybe there's someone here, man, woman, college student, teenager, boy or girl, and you never have received Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Bible tells us that the fulfillment of all of God's plans for the people of Israel came to, through Jesus. And he lived a perfect life on this earth. At the completion of everything that his Father sent him to do, Jesus willingly died on a cross... Now, the reason he died on a cross was not because he had done anything wrong. He wasn't guilty of sins. We were guilty of sins. And Jesus said, I will absorb the wrath that is due to their sins upon myself so that they can be forgiven and be rescued. And then he rose again on the third day to give us the power to live as transformed creatures. And so maybe there's someone here today who has yet to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. And you want to talk with someone. All you have to say to me is I have some questions about how to begin a relationship with God. I'd be glad to talk with you. Maybe there are people here today and God has spoken to you about a particular uh, way that you want to to be faithful during this transition period. However God has spoken to you, I hope that you'll be obedient to that. Would you stand together, please? Philip's going to lead us during our commitment song, and then we'll be dismissed.